0: Welcome to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the champions who use their positive energy to change the world, because your energy really does matter. We're heard internationally on your favorite podcast sites, including Pandora, Spotify, and Apple, where you'll also find a library of all of Robin's shows. And if you happen to live in or be visiting our home base of Charleston, South Carolina, we're also heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of our dear friend and radio legend, John Quincy. And here she is. Robin Berlinski.
1: Hey, Ron. I want to um, remind people if you're listening on the radio, remember we have a podcast. So check out our other episodes. And I have a fun announcement today. In January, I'm launching a whole new concept for nonprofits and program providers. It's like a monthly workout. Like if you think about a gym where you join a gym, whether it's by the month or annually or even just for one class, you can do that with me. Also, and I'm going to keep uh, pumping a boost of abundance and energy into your program. So, right now, this week, I'm at the end of a five day free 30 minute nonprofit abundant retreat with some dynamic nonprofit leaders from around the country. And I can see how this is a very positive and exciting opportunity for them. So, Follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski to learn more about this monthly gym-like membership for Nonprofit Abundance. And there will be great announcements and you can find out when it will be starting
0: very exciting i know right now we're doing something different this show that we haven't done in any other show you get to introduce the guest
1: i do because listen up this is part two part one williamsburg county school district we had the opportunity to speak with their incredible superintendent dr wims and now we're doing part two and guess who we get to talk to
0: well, I know the answer to this, so that's not fair.
1: <laughs> we are going to talk to a senior at Hemingway High School. Her name is Catherine Wilson, and she is waiting with the assistant principal of the high school, Miss Lewis. And we're going to have a really robust conversation. So Catherine and Ms. Lewis, welcome to the show. We want to know all about the amazing Hemingway High School and Williamsburg County School District. So Catherine, I'm going to start with you. You're a senior okay. in high school, Tell us about what your dreams are for the future and where you are right now in, uh, I guess it's December, of your high school career. Talk to us about that.
2: Okay, hello, everyone. So as of right now, currently in the 12th grade, it is so much things going on as I am very active in so many extracurricular activities and also many clubs. I try to be as active as I can be because I want to become mathematics professor so as of right now i have been going on many college campus tours as well as trying to find myself
1: so you want to be a math professor Yeah. oh love my math. gosh i love that i loved math too um so go back a minute you said clubs what kind of clubs are you in
2: okay so i am in beta club i serve as the president i am in fbla i serve as the president i am in junior rotc under the army branch i am the highest cadet. I serve in the Battle of Books. It's like a book program. I serve as the president. I am in a church club called Let's Talk, the Girls Youth Outreach Program. I position as an advisor. I am in the math club. I also do student government. I am the treasurer because I love money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not math, I also but money, right?
2: dance as well. I dance as well. And I play softball this year.
1: Of course you do. Um- Okay, hold on.
0: And how do you do this on, on one hour of sleep at right, night?
1: Right, right. Look out world for Katherine Wilson. Woohoo! Correct. I Defense. love it. So, um, okay, so we're going to get back to that math professor. So what? tell me about math. Did you love it when you were like in kindergarten and first grade? Did you always feel the joy in math class? Yes. I have
2: always loved working with numbers since elementary school. I get that passion, I say, from my father. He is a construction worker with his own business, and with him, a lot of numbers, and I love numbers because they keep my mind going.
1: I love that. You know, we need that on like a classroom wall. You need to make a poster of that for kindergartners. (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, Okay, so Miss Lewis, you are the assistant principal at Hemingway High School. Talk to us a bit about your journey and how you ended up as an assistant principal.
3: Well, my journey is always much more pleasant when I come up with students like Catherine on the path to retirement. Uh, I'm a tenured educator. <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> path I'm a
3: tenured educator, and when I have the opportunity to serve students and to work with students like Catherine and her family, uh, it makes the journey that much more rewarding when I finally get to the destination of hopefully a pleasant retirement. Uh, But Catherine is is very, very modest. Uh, Catherine didn't even list all of the things that she does. Uh, Most notably, Catherine is the highest ranking junior academic marshal of her class. So that means she has college classes while she's still in high school, and she is excelling with the college classes. Wow. She's also the South, South Carolina a College and Career Readiness Instrument. It's called WorkKeys. And she's already earned a gold level certificate in WorkKeys. And when I tell you about students like Catherine making the journey more enjoyable, Catherine, not, the minimum level for WorkKeys is a silver credential. So Catherine has earned above the silver and earned gold. Catherine is the kind of student to come back and say, hey, Lewis, what do you think I can do to become better? That's the kind of student wow. that Catherine Wilson is. And it's, it's just a pleasure and an honor to, uh, to work with her and, and to work with students of caliber. I but love she that. is just a tremendous beacon of light and a shining example for all of her peers and the faculty and staff members here at Hemingway High School.
1: So, Catherine, this this is very intrinsic. What you're doing, no one's pushing you. You you can tell your energy is just, it's just up there. You're going to be one of those people who's a lifelong learner. You know, when you're my age, you're still going to be learning. I can just feel it just talking to you. I want to know, as a student, as a senior in high school, what is your advice to students who might be feeling hopeless or no direction or... They don't want to do their homework they don't want to go to school like you're their age you have the same kind of life experiences as they have what what advice do you have to get them energized or excited to move into their future
2: so the advice people give them is to take it day by day life can be so stressful with all of the things and factors that are around us i like to say remember the rain comes first before the rainbow there's some bad times but you have to work through it you have to get through it try your best try your hardest and eventually you'll see some light you'll see everything all the work that you have put in place is coming to something beautiful which is a rainbow oh my don't get discouraged by little things because there are going some op- obstacles
1: that are going to throw you off, but you have to keep going. I want. I have to. i I have to jump in. I have to tell our listeners. I did not prepare you with these questions. Like you just did that <laughs> off. Like I threw that at you, and you did it. It sounds like you rehearsed it, and you did not. That is beautiful. Take it day by day. I
3: love it. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah, but so, what's remarkable? And about children this, are worth it. Well, we know that, of course. Love What's it. remarkable about this is you're incredibly poised for someone. You know, not that being a senior in high school. is is a bad thing. But uh, you're far more professional (laughs) sounding on the phone than people much older than yourself. So maybe a career in in, uh, broadcasting is also not far from your reach. But uh, who were some of the role models that encouraged you along the way and maybe still do?
2: Okay, so I have to say I have three role models. That would be both of my parents, my mother and my father, and as well as God. I am a Christian and I love my religion very close to me, as it is one of the factors that keep me going every day. But those are my superheroes, and I love each of them, because they play a different role in my life.
0: All right, so tell me about your parents. Let's talk about them individually. Uh, we want to put their names out there so people know who they are and what they do for you on a daily basis.
2: Okay, so I'll start off with my dad. My dad is an entrepreneur. Um, as I told you, he has his own construction business, and he puts with numbers all the time. Anytime I get discouraged, I can easily go to him, and he'll give me the best advice possible. As for my mom, I can go to her. She'll tell me some things, hard truth. Sometimes I may not want to hear it, but at the end of the day, I know that it's coming from the bottom of her heart. She only wants the best for me. She wants me to succeed. If no one tells me the hard truth, who will? That's how I like to see it.
0: All right, so that's a great family unit, but there have to be some teachers for you to have exceeded the way you have already. There gotta be some yes. teachers in the past that have encouraged you and worked with you directly and re- recognized something really extraordinary in you. So let's give a shout out to some of those people.
2: Okay, I have three shout outs that I would like to give. The first one would be Miss Lewis. I don't see how I could be in the position that I am without her. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love this. This was not pre
2: planned, you I know, guys. I
1: know. Get your tissues.
2: Yes. The next teacher that I would like to shout out would be Ms. Owens for her drive and her passion for me. Even though it was social studies, I didn't really like social studies because (laughs) I love math, but she kept me going. And the last teacher I would like to shout out would be Ms. Cox. She has been amazing through the whole high school journey that I have known.
1: And what does Mrs. Cox do?
2: She's also a history teacher, but surprisingly, I made the highest average from U.S. history and I passed my EOC with flying colors yes.
1: amazing yes. how cool you're a math you know your focus is math and your your two inspirations are social studies and history I love it
0: so where where is your college yes. uh, uh, focus at this point
1: okay so as I stated
2: before I am still going on college visits but three colleges that I highly recommend that I like would be Claflin University North Carolina A&T as well as Johnson C. Smith in
1: Charlotte. Cool. Very exciting. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing you doing some great things in the future with all these. You're president of so many of your clubs. Yes. Um, yes. How do you find the time to organize all that? Do you have to do agendas and everything for meetings?
2: Yes, I have <laughs> calendars full of stuff, whether it be meetings or anything that I need to do while doing dual doing enrollment. Okay, it gonna, can be stressful at times, but I feel that it's worth
1: it. I'm going to ask you a, a personal question because I have to organize a lot of things, too, because I'm going to maybe learn something from a high school senior. Do you use any <laughs> software to organize yourself, like a sauna or anything that I need to know about? No, ma'am. Pretty much just the basics. <laughs> Basic. Um, paper calendar. and
2: pen. Paper
1: and pen. Oh, darn. I was hoping I was If not, sound. I would forget.
2: Yeah. And I also set thousands of alarms.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So you talked about the importance of your parents. What expectations did they have for you and currently still have for you? When you bring a report card home, are they expecting all A's? And it's very obvious that they are expecting that, and that's what they tell you. And Tell us what that's like when you come home with a report card. So
2: I'm the type of student, whenever I get a B or if I get a B, I feel sad. And I start to regret all of the choices that i made. I start to think maybe I shouldn't have gone out and hang with friends. I should have been studying. But because my parents have instilled feel that if I do my best, that's all I can do, it's worth it. And whenever I make those high A's and I show them my report card, they're happy. Even though my dad will be on the end saying, well, you could have made a point higher in this class. <laughs> Love your dad. It is what it is. Uh huh. So what's
0: it like being the most Achieved student in the school or Is there, I hate to ask, but is there Jealousy because you're making it Look so easy even though you work harder Than everybody else probably
2: It can be thought as jealousy But as there's no need For any of the hate, so any time That I can give a fellow student Advice on how they can achieve Like higher grades or anything I try to do that, and as well as I tutor them as well if they need help after School, but I try not to see it from an envious view and as well as me thinking of like this right here. I try not to worry about what other people have to say or what they think about me. As long as I keep going, that's all that matters.
0: That's a great attitude. That is so a great attitude. It's, right. it's probably pretty obvious that you'll be the valedictorian. So perhaps you've already yes, been thinking about
3: finger. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so you're already writing the speech. What are you going to tell the student body when you get up in front of everybody?
2: Oh, I am going to start preparing that essay in January.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice pressure on her, Ron. I have a question for Ms. Lewis. Tell us about your school. Yes, who, ma'am. Who um, inspired you in, in school, and what was it like for you? What was your favorite subject?
3: My favorite subject in school was English. Um, I'm a former English teacher, and I really enjoy delving into historical text. I really enjoy the classics. And I really enjoyed the different ways that we can use language to communicate and to shape our lives. Uh, again, like like a Catherine students like Catherine inspired me. But when I was when I was in student, both of my parents who were college graduates, they inspired me to excel. My mother was a valedictorian of her class and um, at the time, I wasn't concerned with the, being the valedictorian. I was more concerned with boys. So that's why seeing the student like Catherine, who's very focused on the prize, that's why seeing students like her inspired me just that much more. Because I know how much the world has changed uh, since, since I was in high school.
1: Were you? Did you grow up where in Williamsburg County?
3: I did not. I did not. I'm an, I grew. I graduated from high school in Marlborough County. And uh, my parents were very active uh, in civic organizations. My mom uh, was a school board member. Uh, my, my, my dad, the late West Palmer senior, he was a veteran, and he was very involved on county boards and everything in the community. So they both instilled in me a great spirit of public service and a great work ethic. So when I see students like Catherine who juggle college courses, regular classes, clubs, Everything she does around campus, everything she does at her, in her, at her home to mentor other students here when she goes out of her way to say, you know, this child is coming to school without a coat. Maybe we need to have a coat drive. You know, when you see students of her caliber, you know, it really does impress upon you that all the negativity in the world has just no place with the generation in coming like her, you know, from a little school like Hemingway. And she was also a part of the OTC battalion members who recently competed in a regional tournament against I think over 350 schools from North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And she was on the team that won. So they have advanced now to the second place. And like, Catherine would never say these things. I mean, she's sitting here, and I'm saying, Catherine, tell more, tell more. <laughs> she's so modest, and she just gives me hope, and she's just a bright beacon of light for what all students should aspire to
0: So, Ms. Lewis, is this your dream job, and is Catherine your dream <laughs> uh, protege, so to speak?
3: <laughs> oh, I am going to say. Hey, my dream job would be being the food sample person <laughs> at the National Gingerbread <laughs> Baking. I think that's my dream job. I'm right there with you. That sounds awesome. Listen, you need to go and, and you need to like, bring a friend or make me your plus one. I love but that. next, next to that job, yes, this would be my dream job, and. Working working with students like like Katherine. Every child is different. Every child has a special gift. Every child has something to offer. But when you when you have students like Catherine who are servant leaders, you know, at, at such a young age, at such a young age, hmm. she already tries to see the glass half full. She tries to see the good in everyone. She's an optimist and and, and just hmm. sometimes the negativity that's associated with the job can kinda of down, but just to see young young people like her come along, you know, gives you that one bright light sometimes in an gloomy day I that you need that. to push on.
1: That's so true and so beautiful. And you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show this is part two because we talked with Dr. Wims, who's also just as optimistic and positive, and calls himself a cheerleader for the district. And I can hear it from you also. Um, Catherine, I, I want to ask you one question because I run an arts organization. It's called Engaging Creative Minds, and we provide mm-hmm. programs in schools, visual arts and dance and theater um, and music. I want to know a little bit about your dance. You say that you're a dancer. What What's your favorite? Like, what? Talk to me about um, that part of who you are.
2: Okay. So it all started in 10th grade. As you know, when I was in 9th grade, it was COVID, so we were at home. 10th grade... I was always that shy student that never really liked to talk. Like to get my work done and go about my business and go about my day. However, since I saw a flyer for our dance club wanting new dancers. I kept passing by this sign I was walking all throughout the school and something told me this is my opportunity to step out of my comfort zone. So one of the reasons I joined dance was to step out of my comfort zone. And it so happens to me that I did it effortlessly. And currently, as, um, during this, my third year of dancing, I am now the captain. I also do flag and majorette.
1: Oh, I love that. I was in color guard, I was a rifle. <laughs> I love it. We have something in common. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they say that, that math and music uh, go hand in hand. Our brains kind of work, you know, math. When you when you play a musical instrument, you're good at math. Do you play? Mu- are you a musician also? No, ma'am. But you, you being able to dance okay. and yeah, you've got to keep a beat and have the rhythm and everything. So I see how that that all matches.
0: Well, Catherine and Miss Lewis, let me tell you, the two of you very very inspiring. Amazing. And thank you for taking the time to be part of this. And and I know it's not easy to get on a radio show. There's always those nerves oh my god people are listening and uh, i better say everything perfectly but you guys did a great job thank you <laughs> so much job. for joining us best of luck to everything thank you do you. and thank Catherine, we want to hear good things about you keep us posted
1: yes you will awesome thank you both
3: for the opportunity to share the great news about hemingway high
1: school we you love betcha. it williamsburg county school district i'm coming to meet you all
0: all right thank Amen. you everybody.
3: great thank you have a great thank day you.
0: take care all right, so Robin, in the last bit of time we have left today, let's uh, get back to your nonprofit business, um, which, um, which I think is fascinating, necessary, and not surprisingly, once again, you're at the forefront of something.
1: Well, thank you. I like to think that I am. I believe in nonprofits having opportunities to change the world and income equals impact. And in my journey from Children's Museum to Engaging Creative Minds, this has been like a 25-year journey, I've seen a lot of nonprofits operate in scarcity, and I've seen them struggle with an image they believe is true, and it really isn't. And that's things like nonprofits can't earn income. Well, yes, they can. There are accounting, you know, regulations, but just like at the Children's Museum, we sold uh, memberships. We sold summer camp registrations. There was a store. You go to any nonprofit museum, there's a store there to purchase things when you leave. So that is a, a myth. And I try real hard to champion nonprofit leaders boost their energy and really talk about being on the business, not in the business. So I zoom people up 30,000 feet, whether it's in my five day free 30 minute workshop or this new gym membership I'm about to open in January to strengthen nonprofits. It's all about your energy, right? Energy matters. And it's all about being so high up that you see what is happening on the business and you're not so much in the weeds. And that's really what it's
0: all about. So do you think more people would start more nonprofits if they knew the secrets and maybe not so secret that, no, it doesn't have to be this way. And yes, it can do this. and No, it can't do that. Obviously the knowledge that you are giving, but you have this whole history, maybe more than anybody I know in the nonprofit world, but people don't go into nonprofits to not make money. And that's obviously the big misconception, right? Exactly. And they they
1: seem to feel that they have to be scrappy all the time. And yes, you are you're accountable to donors and you're going to be good stewards of the donations. That's not what it's about. It's about being able to be so impactful with your community that you don't have to operate on a shoestring budget. These earned income opportunities are unrestricted uh, funding opportunities to um, provide more for the un and underfunded programs where you didn't get the grants. So now you have this earned income, you're able to do more with it. So Yeah, it really is a lot about dispelling these myths, but also the energy. Because what I hear most, what the biggest number one concern is with nonprofits I work with, is they're exhausted. They're doing it all, and they're doing it on a shoestring budget. And I say, get rid of both of that. Get an abundant budget and stop working 24-7. Volunteers have this unique opportunity to be able to recruit volunteers You know, there are people that want to support nonprofits. They don't have the money to donate. So they want to donate their time. That's where you take advantage of this opportunity to have these people who are passionate about your mission come in and take some of your workload
0: off. Can you mention some of the dynamic groups that you're working with? Or is that kind of a trade secret?
1: I would love to. So I want to shout out to Tina Hurley in New Hampshire. She runs a program called Less Leg, More Heart. I would love you all to follow her on instagram um one of her board members michelle and i'm probably going to say her name wrong vera uh, is a friend of mine and a colleague and a supporter of less like more heart and tina and michelle and i have been on several conversations we have one coming up this week we uh they did a post-it note party and what that is is um I encourage all directors of nonprofits to take three colors of post-it notes, red, green, and yellow, and on them, the red, you put what you absolutely cannot stand doing and what you are not good at, and that one thing that's on your to-do list all the time, and you push it to the bottom. Yellow is your golden circle. That's where you are in the zone, and when you're working, you lose track of time. It's what you are best at. And then the last color, uh, the green is whatever. It's just like you can do it. You, it it's just the stuff you do. And that's how you, um, once you write the the activities on each of those post-it notes, you can see clearly where you need to hire somebody because you want to hire somebody to do all the red. And that's what Tina just finished for me. So I can't wait to dive in. We have a call tomorrow and we're going to look at her golden circle because um we have a mission to hire somebody by, by Valentine's Day to help Tina out with less leg, more heart.
0: And i bet that part of the beauty of working with you, because I know your history, is I'm sure you admit we've made mistakes in the past, but we've learned from those mistakes. So part of it is don't let other people make the mistakes that we made. Here's how you do it better.
1: Absolutely. A lot of my work is telling stories. What I've done, what worked, what didn't. Yeah, let's let's just skip So skip that for you and you go straight to what works.
0: So I know a lot of, uh, you've done a lot of in-person stuff, but there's also FaceTimes or Zooms and all that stuff. And you can obviously look at the faces of these people that are listening to you. Can you tell when people are switched on and they're really into what you have to say?
1: I do. And, you know, it's interesting, energy matters. And I know we say that, and this is the name of the show and it sounds cliche, but energy matters. And, you know, I work with people who for no reason in particular have low energy because they're just beaten down. And so I see my role is to help them re-energize because the energy's in there. You don't go into the nonprofit business to be bored. It's a nonstop, uh, you just have to keep going, but you don't need to be burnt out. So I love seeing people on a Zoom when they feel a little less energy and being able to really infuse some excitement.
0: All right. You've got 15 seconds to remind people how to get in touch with you for your nonprofit workshop.
1: Please follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski. I'll be making announcements when the program opens in January. And I hope to see a lot of nonprofits there because it's going to be an exciting year.
0: Let's bring some of those success stories on the air, shall we? I would love to. Let's do it. Well, you've been listening to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love your feedback at TheLearningRing.com, where you can also reach out to Robin with questions, comments, and even chances to win prizes. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.